0: Welcome to Seat Time everybody, this is your January 2019 off-road podcast to kick things off for the year. I wish I could say I'd be doing a ton of these this year, but just like last year, there probably will only be a few. Definitely pay attention to your podcast feed, though, as they'll probably randomly pop up. Hopefully, you guys have been enjoying the MotoVan build that we've been putting out on YouTube. If you have not seen that yet, either go to our YouTube channel and look for the MotoVan build playlist, or you can go to seattime.co slash MotoVan. Remember, if you'd like to grab a t-shirt or some stickers, please go grab those from FPMG. Dot threadless.com We would really appreciate the support. Without further ado, Will Presson and Drew Kirby from American Hard Enduro. So here we are with Mr. Will Presson and Drew Kirby from American Hard Enduro. If you guys don't follow them on Facebook and on Instagram, make sure you go do that. I don't know if you guys have any other social channels out there, but is that some of the best places for people to find you guys?
1: Yes, that and YouTube.
0: That and YouTube—that's true. You guys are making videos. How's that going?
1: Uh, you know, it's it's slow, but um, we've got a good video guy named Blake Terry that that's been helping us out. That he's putting out some pretty quality stuff.
0: Nice, that's cool. Well, uh, is is he helping you guys as in editing and things like that, or is he like kind of writing and showing you guys his footage, or what, how's that working out?
1: He um. He, you know he's a drone operator he's a gimbal guy he's he's got a bunch of gopros um he's just a kind of a, a tech savvy guy that's about 10 to 15 years younger than drew and i that seems to really be on top of that side of everything you know he, he's he's more into the what the hip kids like music wise etc so um yeah you've already
0: you know, been dinged for that once haven't you
2: Maybe a time or two. <laughs> um, I think it was your stale voiceover that got you. Kidding that me.
0: was definitely some dry voiceover that you were putting out for everyone, Mr. Will.
2: Well, and, and we also do have uh, AmericanHardEnduro.com, a website there you go. We are trying to get going. So that you heard it here first. A, a good source of uh, information moving forward.
0: It's, it's kind of an interesting, quote-unquote, age that we're in where... You know, you don't even need a website anymore, right? You can put stuff on Facebook. You right. can put stuff on Instagram and YouTube, right? And those pl- and people that are in those specific arenas, that's where they go for their information. They don't go find contact information on a website anymore. They just slide into your DMs.
1: Right. Hopefully.
0: Have you guys been getting your DMs slid into quite often?
1: I don't even know what that means.
0: Apparently, that's a sexual reference when uh, you try to slide into chicks' DMs. Oh,
2: okay. I I guess we're married. Yeah. (laughs) Old married with kids now, man. Yep. So you're
0: saying that you slide into your wife's DM every day? (laughs) Try (laughs) to. Yeah. If you try once every day, it'll happen at least once during the week. Okay.
2: I like crickets.
0: Yeah, I was no like, no comment. <laughs> All right, so American Heart Enduro 2019. Here we are. You guys are trying to get off. It's apparently you have a .com now, so you guys are just growing massively. But one of the things, like, I-, I just like that you guys have found a niche that not only that is a good place to pursue to gain an audience, but it's also something that you guys really enjoy. Um, so I'm, I want to talk a little bit eventually about kind of techniques and, and what you guys have really push to learn when it comes to being hard enduro extreme enduro riders and racers uh, a little bit later on but right now i noticed uh you know at the end of 2018 you guys kind of started a 2019 schedule uh, from y'all's perspective how many how many events are you guys seeing coming in 2019 for american hard enduros and what do you think about the growth that's kind of been happening
1: um, the, I think the growth is good. Um, I wouldn't say it's just exponential or anything, but I think there's a couple of added events, and each event that I, I think, you know, last year was smaller, for instance, Fallen Timbers, um, the Groundhog Race. Uh, I, I don't know for sure about the West Coast races that we haven't been to, but it seems like these East Coast races that when they took their first shot, kind of like Battle of the Goats did, kind of like Revlimiter did, year two they just jump in participation and and it looks like rev limiter in year three is pushing 300 entries already so um i you know i don't know if it's the state championship i think we have a little bit to do with it but i think just the popularity of hard enduro altogether is just it's kind of blowing up right now
0: and is that because it's a new kind of race format you know like uh, we re- I really enjoy sprint enduros. I think they're a lot of fun, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it's quote-unquote a new format. So is it the hot new thing or is it you know the fact that there's something else to it that keeps you guys coming back and beating your bike and body up, keeps me coming back, beating myself up, um, and going out there and attempting these things?
1: Uh, well, um, I actually was talking to um, Eric Kudla earlier today about this, and um, we both agree that The general age of dirt bike riders, of, you know, GNCC guys, of enduro guys, we're kind of getting older. Um, There's a lot of us that are between 30 and, let's say, 45 and even 50. And it's no longer real appealing to just haul ass through the woods, whizzing (laughs) by trees. Um, And and when you you fall, you're freaking – you're breaking a bone, you know. Um, And and hard enduro is appealing because – you're hardly ever going more than 10 miles an hour. And most of the time you're freaking going one mile an hour. And if you fall over, you, you know, you might break a shifter, but you're rarely going to really get hurt. Right. Um, and so Drew, you want to add to that?
2: Well, and I think I kind of put it back to what Will's described in the past, all these new tough mutters and Spartan races where people need to challenge themselves. And <clears throat> the first time we raced, the TKO in 2013, Sunday afternoon, we were hating it. By Monday, we were trying to figure out how we could build harder trails, how we could get better, and uh, we were hooked. And so I think it's one of those things. It's the challenge of pushing yourself to uh, to finish a race like that and just to see what you and your bike can do.
0: Yeah. First, before I speak to the speed versus technique side of what Will was saying, uh, I do want to point out, Will, that Drew <laughs> won the 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 vet A class or the 30 A whatever class or did really good in the national enduros. So he mm-hmm. may be competing with you with these uh, these hard enduros, but he's also faster than both of us in the woods. So congrats, Drew! On oh yeah, being awesome.
1: Well, I, I would like to point out that everything Drew knows, I taught him. Ah,
0: so, okay. Well, that's good. Except I will, for those, I
1: will, I
2: will give. Oh, go ahead. No, go no, please, 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 <laughs> Drew. No, him and his dad did uh, do a lot in uh, bringing me along for my uh, my beginnings of a dirt bike rider. So yeah, we've come, we've all come a long way.
1: He's not <laughs> as afraid to get hurt as I am. So that, there you go. He, he's he's excelling. At, you know, I, I admire Drew's willingness to to hurt himself. <laughs> yeah, I wish it, that that could be as
0: cool you. as Drew.
2: Yeah, pain, pain is temporary. Right? Yeah. yeah.
0: But uh, chicks slide into your DMs. That'll last forever, right?
2: Mm. Oh, sometimes it can.
0: <laughs> so, what to your point, though, Will? You guys were talking about, you know, I can see that because there is, I, I think, to say, "quote I need to go faster." That's just like in reality. Sometimes that's just dropping the balls and turning the throttle more, and that, mm-hmm. that the, the idea of. Practicing speed like that uh, can be mm-hmm. more intimidating than what you saw James, Zach, Mike, and I go do a week and a half ago when we went to Rocky Ridge to go play around. Is you know we, yeah we were we probably never went over twenty miles an hour and that's just because we were going to the transfers you know and, and so right. you can kind of do more like a trials rider in that sense where you go to a section you try it a couple times fail right doing different lines or trying different ways to ride up something or over something. And then you kind of learn from that. But it's that it, it's that technique base where, like you said, you you break a little bit less uh, potentially unless you're like me and you just jack everything up. Uh, but then, too, like if you do fall or anything like that, like it's a lot less of a serious hit <laughs> to the ground, body and or bike.
1: Right. Well, and, and, and it also goes back to the whole caveman mentality um we see a hill we want to climb it we see a log we want to cl- cross it so there you go you know we're, we're just you know whatever one chromosome short of being a caveman i guess
0: i like it that's why we just all should eat paleo i mean we're obviously cavemen fuck it
1: right that's all we are. Uh, that's what our wives think, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what events are you guys planning to be at on this calendar that we're seeing uh, that you guys posted a little bit uh, late last year?
1: Well, coming up on February 10th, in, uh, it's actually on the border of Georgia and North Carolina. It's a place called Young Harris, Georgia, which is literally it, it's one of the most beautiful little towns you'll ever go to on the eastern half of the United States. Uh, the Groundhog Extreme, it's at Rock Crusher Farm. So we'll be there. And we actually rode down there last weekend um, and got to check out a lot more of the property than we've ever seen before. Because uh, I raced it last year. Drew was actually injured.
2: Surprise. Um, shocker. Shocker. Rev yeah. limiter, carnage. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. When you busted open your elbow all nasty like Yeah, yes.
1: So that that's February 10th. And then after that, March 2nd and 3rd, we'll be in Decatur, Texas for the Rev Limiter. Um, and then really we're not hitting the, you know, well, unless something crazy happens, we're not hitting the races in Nevada or California or Idaho. Um, that's just, I mean, with two small kids, both of us have two small kids and a wife. It's just hard to do, but, uh, we'll be at tough like roar, uh, 4th of July or actually July 7th and 8th in Pennsylvania. Then we'll be at fallen timbers in, um, Ohio in July battle the goats in august and then of course tko um august 16th and through the 18th which i'm sure we'll talk about the new three-day tko um and hopefully
0: we can go to hawaii but i don't see that happening (laughs) yeah that would be awesome
2: and there's right. one there's one date we're waiting on, uh, as well as at the Saddleback Extreme. They're actually voting tonight on when their date's going to be, and it's an AMA-sanctioned race. We, um, we could hear any minute and possibly announce it live right here. Ooh. Yep. Which, which
1: is not live, so I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> recorded live.
0: <laughs> yeah, recorded. Yeah, we recorded it live. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, right. Well, it sounds like uh, – in the Rock Crusher, you guys have been out there. I know you guys posted the picture when you went to go check out there on Facebook, but what is the terrain like? I mean, and how, for someone that's kind of putting on these events, how are they thinking about laying these events out? Um, I know that talking to Mark the first time, it was kind of like, I think this will work. Maybe this will be tough enough. And and a lot of times it isn't. Um, it's kind of insane what riders and racers like yourself can and will go over and go through as we can... as you know, we continue to get out there and push ourselves and train for these kind of things. Yeah.
1: Um, I think, um, this will be the, um, really the third time they've done this event. Um, I think they just did a poker on the first time. So last year when they did it, it was like an eight mile to 10 mile course. It was very difficult and took several hours. And I think maybe 15 people finished. Um, and then they took the top 10 and they did this crazy half mile run to the top of the mountain where you up a, gain, up, gain a like, up a power line, we gain like 4,000 feet in half a mile, which was, you know, it's cool. But at the same time, we didn't come, we didn't drive that far to drift, just race two or three hours. So this year they're doing like a five mile lap. And I, I think they're going to let us lap it for four or five hours. Um, I think is the plan on that one. So just like all of them, they're, they're kind of making
2: adjustments as they go um, and, and see what works best. Well, and uh, Adam McCluskey is the guy who runs Rock Crusher Farm. He was nice enough to let us come ride uh, last Sunday. He watched the – I think it's the Gitson Rodeo uh, that they had, I don't know, two or three months ago, and he was Mm -hmm. really impressed Yeah, in Germany by how spectator-friendly a lot of the sections were. Mm. and So that really gave him the idea of, okay, let's shorten the course up, try to bring it closer to the main area where the spectators can hit two or three of the hot spots. More gnarly, shorter course, yep. have more entertainment for spectators. Right,
0: that's awesome, and and that's one of those things that a lot of people don't think about, and in our uh, in our shoes, right, as the riders and or racers, um, but people the the promoters do because if they can get more more spectators in there, and there's a there's a, a head a head fee to get in the gate, mm-hmm. the promoters making a little bit more money if they can get. You know, 300 racers, but then they get all the family and all the spectators along with that. That's, that's a lot better. And that's one of the things I really like about the rev limiter is how literally, you know, probably 60% of the race is right along that, that Rocky Ridge at Rocky Ridge Ranch. Um, and so you can kind of like watch the start and then run down to the Id, end of the ridge and catch kind of like two thirds of the lap, run back to the middle. Then you're catching the first third of the next lap and you can kind of keep pinballing around unless you want to go really far out there to be able to watch. So that's cool. That's, a, that's an interesting growth learning for them in the way that they figured it out was by watching one on TV, um, you know, or YouTube or whatever. But that's that's cool to hear.
1: And I think TKO kind of nailed it with a with a hot lap and with their final. You know, it's it's basically a, a glorified natural terrain endurocross and yeah. Out, outdoor endurocross, right. outdoor endurocross where you can pack in. I don't know how many people they have, but it feels like they've got twenty thousand people packed around that course. And right. that, that just I mean, I haven't made the finals. I want to make the finals, but that's got to feel good to be racing around there and have that many many people yelling for you.
0: Huh. I would agree. Uh, I'm typically the one of the ones yelling, not one of the ones being yelled at.
1: <laughs> yeah, me too.
0: And I will never be. I'll let you try to make that uh, make that happen. So uh, Rev Limiter is going to be a big one this year. Uh, Cody Webb kind of wiped the floor, everybody, last year. And I know you guys were there racing. What did you guys think of the event and what Mark has kind of put out there about how he's uh, it's going to be even tougher this year?
2: Well, <laughs> honestly... It was not a good race for either one of us. Uh, no, Will had uh, brake trouble on the hot lap on Saturday. Did not make it to Sunday. And, I didn't uh, make the show. Yeah, and then the first race on Sunday, I exploded my arm and got 14 stitches. But the uh, the positive that came out of it is, Will got to do some awesome chase footage and got some real good footage of Cody Webb and Quinn Wetzel and Mitch Carvoff and uh, and Jordan Asper and a lot of those guys. And um really got some good insight as to what they were doing and some good race coverage. Well,
0: cool. And let me say this, go on. If
1: the, the weather with all of these races is a huge factor. No. So yeah. if it's dry, which it's not going to be, um, we've, we've had such a wet year. I can't imagine that it's going to dry out for any of these races, but if it were dry, you know, the the top pros aren't going to have any trouble with pretty much anything you throw at them. Um, but if it rains and it's a slime, you know, slimy mess, then oh man, just the bottlenecks and just the—I yeah, mean, I don't know if anybody can, other than Cody Webb, I don't know if anybody can sit there and lap it. You know what I mean?
0: Right.
2: Well, yeah. and, and Brian, what what are they doing different? You you have a little more insight as to us as what what they might be changing and making difficult, as you mentioned.
0: Um, I just know that it's it's one of those things where there's just more and more pieces of that ridge and other parts of the property that they're exploring. Um, and looking, okay. t- looking to bring in there, if there's, if, if, uh, so what was the hot lap, right? That you, or the, the kind of the qualifier that goes on on Saturday, the, mm-hmm. the goal is that there should be people that don't finish, that it's, oh, it's, wow. it's as tough that <laughs> it's, it's, it's that tough. Now, I didn't know. Again, yeah, sure. I have a little bit more insight, but I don't have exact, you know, definitions of what that looks like. So that could be, you know, maybe it's hard so that no C rider finishes or B riders, but you know, obviously for A and the pros, it's it, it's easier in that regard. But you know, I, I know that if Mark wants to continually push people because people continuously keep asking for it, um, and if people mm-hmm. want, if if people are going to continue to say, "Man, look how di- how good Cody Webb did," it's too easy but then not really think about the other riders. It's like, well, okay, we'll make it harder. And <laughs> everybody else, uh, quote-unquote, suffers for that.
1: Yeah, if it's too hard for Cody Webb, then nobody's making a lap.
0: Right, and then is it really that fun, you know, on the whole, if you will? Right.
2: Well, and uh, is, I think I heard Mario is confirmed, is that correct? That the is Rev-Lometer?
0: that is correct, yeah, it was officially put up uh last week and then it was actually on enduro 21 today that uh nice. that th- he is confirmed so that will be cool uh, and that from what I understand that's that's not uh clay you know fighting to get him here that is you know the rev limiter reaching out and getting them and sherko to help support that and then clay will be a part of that because clay will be at the event with sherko demos um, and is one of the sponsors of the event demo Yep, well, so uh, need, that'll be cool on Saturday,
2: right. right? For sure, absolutely. Maybe we can rent rent a Sherco to uh, take out there.
0: Yeah, I don't really know how that's going to work. Uh, it's like <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to make a booking for this Sherco thirty minutes before the <laughs> qualifier, if you don't mind.
2: Uh, well, I, I had heard that uh, I got contacted by the guys that put on the Grim Possible that happened a month or so ago, and uh, they had mentioned that they thought Graham Jarvis was going to be racing. I have not heard one way or another. Have you heard anything on that, that he'd be at the red limiter?
0: It sounds like no. Uh, and, and, and there's just, I think that it's one of those situations where, Graham, and again, I have no, I don't have a ton of levity into this, but from just like a hearing of this and hearing of that, it sounds like Graham Jarvis is just continuously more and more at the end of his career trying to figure out where he wants to keep going. And if people want to pay for him to go do schools or go do this other race, he's going to go do that. Right. He's going to legitimately try to make as much money as he can as he's as he's getting older. And I mean, sure, he could still win, but does he need to? And so I think that's kind of like where he's at mentally, it seems like. And so I think that maybe that somebody else was like, hey, come do this event. Here's some money. And that took away the date for the Rev Limiter.
1: Gotcha. Mm. Okay. So what about David Knight? Anybody heard from him?
0: <laughs> you know that's a great question. I I heard rumblings that he would be back, but I have not seen any confirmation about that. And so that could have just been the local guy saying, "We've been in touch. We're trying to make it happen." But again, because I got put on a show shit. last year. Oh my gosh, it was awesome! Without a clutch, the way he was riding right. was insane.
1: Yeah, he's well, he's just out there in the woods cussing and and yelling <laughs> and <laughs> that throwing his
0: motorcycle.
2: Yeah. <laughs> And he was as nice as could be off the track. I think we right. saw him uh, the Friday or the—I think it was the Friday night before the race, having a few adult beverages, uh, enjoying himself. <laughs>
0: so it sounds like Will. You know, it's like if Will's got his helmet on, or if Will's in a bad mood, don't go over there. Like
2: <laughs> uh, angry man.
0: Yes, yes. But uh, I think it'll be fun. Uh, I think one of the things that, that Will mentioned, we were talking about those TKO. So if we kind of like move forward a little bit, we know Reveler is going to be fun. I don't think that there are any format changes, though, which would obviously change things up, um, except for the fact that I think the difficulty level is going to be taken up another notch. So that'll be cool to see how that plays out for the Saturday and Sunday crew. But then the bigger changes that we've kind of seen is not just additional events added to what is the American Hard Enduro schedule, but uh, to the TKO specifically. And since this is the pinnacle, right, of these American Hard Enduros, you know, what are y'all's thoughts on the, the changes, the extra day and the ways now that people can qualify for the event at other events?
1: Well, first off, let, let's say that they have kind of uh, taken a, an eraser to the pre-qualified list. So um, they, they narrowed it down quite a bit, which included uh, knocking me and Drew off the pre-qualified list. So <laughs> we are definitely, uh, well, you know, it is what it is. Um, and I, I'm glad that they have... They have a set of rules, and they're actually, you know, they're following them. And everybody knows the rules now. Instead of just it's a guessing game as to how you get on that list. So now you know how to get on the list. You got to make top twenty-five, and you get on it for the next year. If you make it to the finals, apparently you're in it forever. You're on Your the Grand Traveler, or you're one of the top pros in the world in some random series. Then that's the other way, which I don't fully understand that, but whatever. All right. So that that's out of the way. So now they're doing a – it sounds like they're doing a hot lap on Friday evening for the amateurs. It's going to set the starting order for the first race on Saturday, but that's excluding all the people that qualified from the state championships um, who will get a pass into the second race on Sunday. But those guys are also participating in the hot lap on Friday evening, and that will set where they start on the second race. So – that all sounds complicated. I wouldn't want to be the one to try to figure
0: all that out. That sounds like um, a lot of math. Yeah, you're right.
1: But well, go ahead, Will. I know what Drew's about to say. Go ahead and say it. I oh, know. Go ahead.
2: I, I don't know. I. Uh, the, <laughs> you don't even know, and I know. Yeah, go for it.
1: The um the thing that worries me is that they're going to dumb down that hot lap and make it too easy, and then you're just going to end up with fast hair scramble guys up front, anyways. And it's going to hurt the extreme riders that, you know, aren't so fast um, on, you know, wide open courses, but um, you you never know. You you can't make it so hard that there's a bunch of, you know, just guys laying around on a hot lap course and don't even make it past Friday. So it's a fine line. Agreed.
2: We'll hit the nail. We'll hit the nail on the head. I actually talked to Sean Finley uh, right around Christmas, New Year's time and him and Eric Bernard are partners putting it on and, We talked about some other things we're working on uh, American Hard Enduro wise. And then once we got that out of the way, I said, "Okay, Sean, talk to me about this prologue on Friday. Here's my concern. And it was exactly what Will just said, that all the faster guys that aren't aren't good at the technical stuff will have an advantage. And he said that is exactly what we don't want. Right. He said we want it to be rough enough that the guys who are deserving to be in the front will be in the front. So he kind of put. You know, my worries at ease when he
0: said that. So. Cool. Well, that'll be good to see, and I do, I do understand that because for those who have never done the Tennessee Knockout or maybe, maybe didn't make it past the first bottleneck, um, there have been years <laughs> where you, I mean, if you're not aggressive and pushing people out of the way, there are people sitting in the trail with their helmets off. Uh, because the bottlenecks <laughs> yeah. would get so bad, and so, but the problem with that is it's because the the rows would go you know five six at a time, and the start was pretty much by when you registered. So if you were the had the hottest keys yep. and the shortest first name to type in, you know you <laughs> you were on the first row. And I agree that that sucks. But so, but this is the best I could think of. This is definitely a great way to to thin the herd, in the sense of keeping people. Um, closer to the back, you know, and, and and reducing bottlenecks at least until, you know, you're starting to get into those later laps and or what well, you then you just get into lappers anyway. But by that point, you need to be your race craft needs to be good enough that you can see a bottleneck coming up and already kind of know how to maneuver the maneuver the situation.
1: And I think well, for those guys that aren't um you know big hard enduro guys and maybe they just do one race a year we got a couple buddies it's the only race they do a year um you don't actually even have to participate in the Friday night hot lap you can just start behind everyone that actually participate in the hot lap and then from that point on I, I think it's based on when you signed up so there's that as well
0: oh that's good so but you if you didn't want to you don't have to do that Friday hot lap right oh okay yeah, sorry go ahead drew
2: you're good one thing tko did uh three years ago is they you know the first race on saturday used to be two laps and so if you had a good first lap you'd come into the tail end of, of the people you know finish it, working on their first lap and that's when the bottlenecks were so bad from what from what i remember um and so you know they made one positive change there and hopefully this will be another positive change
1: yeah they do a good job i, I think this will work
0: um and is there expansion uh well, I care not remember what they called it last year but how they did those head head to heads um you know the two riders the, uh, two at a time uh what are we calling yeah. those things uh are they expanding that
1: the pure rhythm
2: pure enduro I don't
1: know straight
2: uh, yeah the head to head kind of knockout for the final the 26th spot of the top 25 Yeah so are they, they did they, actually do that last ex- year
0: Oh they didn't Oh, that's true. I missed yeah. this past year. I missed 17. What an 18. Because what an
1: I, I, I would have been in that race, and I guess the um, the top 25 race was pretty difficult, and it took everybody a lot longer to finish than they anticipated. So they had to go ahead and roll right into the finals, right when that top 25 race ended, and they just decided to kick that one to the curb.
0: Oh, that sucks. So, yes, yeah, well, I was
1: too tired to do it anyways.
2: Saturday they did have they did have it after the amateur day and I can't remember what the the it was either to get into the Sunday race you know the the 35th person or how whatever they were taking um, Yeah and those and guys did remember. a lot better than we expected. Yeah. yeah because um, yeah. um, I I know there's a couple guys in that but mm-hmm. um, but they are making some positive changes, I believe.
0: That's cool. And um, I, I think that th- there was a talk of expanding that a little bit too. And that was awesome. So when I was there in 2017, that was such a fun event to watch. Um, that head-to-head, right, you know, go down the straight, turn around, and come right back and just see how see what happens. Yeah. So I hope that yeah. they expand upon that. Um, have we heard uh, – it, um riders coming back, right? The fact that we haven't really seen Colton Haker there in a while and we have we haven't seen the best you know, results from him. Wade Young's done really well. We want Johnny Walker back, Taddy Luzziak to come back would be cool. Um, you know, Mario Ramon did great last year, but have we heard if anybody's kinda of, besides Cody Webb, definitely going to be there?
1: I don't think we'll start hearing about that until it gets closer to summer. Um so many injuries. Seems like they're occurring right now with Billy Bolt, and then um, who got hurt this weekend? Gomez got a dislocated elbow, and Ugh. So oh, is that what that guys, was? Yeah, I saw that the Instagram today. It looked pretty gnarly, but he didn't break anything. So hopefully, you know, rub some dirt on it. You know, it oh, be all I'm right. Really dislocated my elbow, <laughs> but that means I, I don't. I don't think we'll. I don't think we'll start hearing anything about those committed riders for a while. Um, but who knows?
0: Okay, so any other thoughts on some of the races, uh, the schedule, the growth that we've been seeing, uh, or Tennessee knockout, any of that kind of stuff before we talk about a little bit of technique um, or lack thereof technique? <laughs>
2: well, one thing, um, kind of back to what you started with, the growth and the, the more races. So I think last year there were three state championship qualifiers, maybe two. Um, this year we have seven.
0: Oh, that's um, so big. There's
2: a, there's, yeah, there's a few new ones. We've got Rev Limiters 1, um, Enduro Fest out in Nevada, um, Last Dog Stand in California, that was one, so I missed that one. Um, there's another one, Sticks and Stones Extreme in Idaho. Mm-hmm. Um, Tough Like Roars 1, and then Battle of the Goats this year is going to be a state qualifier out of North Carolina.
1: Awesome. Is, is Fallen Timbers in
2: Ohio? Uh, It is not on the state qualifier, the state championship list. It is the AMA sanctioned Extreme Enduro, and maybe before Brian takes us to this technique talk, we need to tell him something.
0: Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Will,
2: Will, what do you think? Maybe not? Yeah, go ahead, Drew. Well, so we've been working on this. We're not finalized, but I think, as Will said earlier, he spoke with Eric Kudla today, and it looks like, American Hard Enduro is going to... We're putting together a true regional um, Hard Enduro championship for
0: 2019. Awesome. Um, we've, got,
2: we've got five races confirmed. We're waiting on a six to let us know if they will let us use their results in our series. Um, That's that would be TKO. Awesome. That's uh, fantastic. So, so the
0: idea of this fun thing that you guys have put together every year is now going to be AMA official or the potential for it to be the, there.
1: We're going to drop the fictional from the fictional Hard Enduro championship. Fan yep.
0: stinking tastic. Well, congrats guys. It, that must've been a lot of work.
2: Well, well I think it, the, the work's starting, I think. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and
1: a lot of the credit has to go to Nick Ferringer because he's Absolutely. been, he's been pushing this for a long time. And then, a lot of people probably know about the big meeting we had at TKO, and right. I think I think I rubbed some people the wrong way with. It might have been an interview I did with you last summer, um, but anyways, that's <laughs> you're, that you're welcome. There. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it got the ball it got the ball rolling, and um, so Drew, myself, Nick, and Cody Webb have been working pretty hard to try to get this thing probably not as hard as we should be working, but you know, we all have other jobs. Right. But, um, nonetheless, it's starting out. It's just going to be a regional series. Um, it's, it, this first year is kind of see if we sink or swim. And then hopefully this can develop into like a featured series with AMA. It, it, you know, it's AMA this year, then hopefully a featured AMA series in the future, maybe next year. And then possibly looking at 21 or 22, it'll be an, hopefully a national championship series. So, um, you know, and, and we're kind of, we're, we're looking at East coast races right now, rev limiters as far West as we're going with this series. Um, and then all the other East coast races we've been talking about. Um, but you know, hopefully in the next couple of years we can grow that and possibly make an East series and a West series kind of like Supercross. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the, the pipe dream. Or maybe it's just a huge national series. The problem with that is, he, people just can't cover that much ground. And, and there's really, other than trials, there's no nationwide national championship series that the AMA has. Other than right. you know motocross, obviously, but off-road, there's nothing. I mean, even GNCC and you know all these series, works and whatever, they're they're all either east or west coast. So. They're Very
0: regional based, yeah.
1: Right. So, Well heck this yeah. thing will keep going. Yeah, man,
0: that's thinking cool. Maybe well, uh, so. Uh, yeah. We're waiting on TKO to see if they'll allow you to use the results to kind of put this into fruition.
1: Yeah, and and if hopefully they will, but if they don't, we're going to move ahead with uh, one less race, and um, you know, with with the the blessing of the AMA, um, here we go. Let's, right let's do on. it, and hope hopefully, hopefully in the next couple of days we'll have the schedule out there. So people can look
2: at it and try to decide what class they want to ride that. So that's another issue right there. And that, that's what I was about to say is, you know, we, we wanted, we kicked around. We didn't want pro and amateur. We wanted it a little more for a little bit of something for everyone. And so right now we're looking at pro class, a class, B class, C class, and a woman's class. Um, we were trying to do some age groups, but we didn't get on it soon enough. And red limiter already had their classes set. Um, All so these races have different classes. So, oh you know, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, well that's something. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Brian.
0: I go. just that uh, yeah, it's like as this kind of comes together and as you guys push this regional series into potentially a featured series, it's it's kind of like, hey, if you guys want to be a part of it, unfortunately, your thi- your stuff has to fit into our box, right? Where it's like you do have an age class of thirty to thirty-eight A, and then thirty-nine to forty-six, you know, like. And it's like that's the <laughs> class system that they need to use in that race right. because it has to fit into that, you know?
1: Well, and, and that's the cool thing about this, man. Everybody is pretty daggum malleable to making it work. Everybody wants to see this thing grow. Um, you know, it's it's at everybody's advantage to have a series. I mean, it can't hurt anybody. You know, it's just more racers. It's more interest. It's, it's, it's better all the way around. So hopefully... You know, once everybody sees what we're doing, uh, we can roll with it. And, and one thing that Nick um, Faringer is really pushing for, which I think is great, is we need to do a split season um, because right now everything has to happen before TKO. So you're automatically cutting out half a year. And when you're doing that and you're looking at places like Idaho and potentially races in Colorado and, you know, in these colder climates, Michigan for example um you know once the snow melts you've got a limited amount of time before hunting season starts and and that's only a few weekends and then and then you're up against not scheduling over another big race so um if we could do a split season um you know and and I know this that messes with all the contracts that riders have that go year to year so that's going to be another issue um but if we could do a split season, then we have a lot more time to, to try and squeeze in, hopefully, a 10, 12-race series in the future.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. why that's uh, something that you would like, like people would want, but at the same time why it could suck because there's positives and negatives to, to kind of like doing a split season like that.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, NFL football, uh, I mean – NBA, all, all these major sports leagues, they have split seasons and it doesn't seem to bother them. Why can't we do it?
0: Right. No, I would agree. I think that, but it, it's one of those things that, you know, uh, you're, they, the, the people like at Nike that sponsor the football teams, they're like, hey, football people, this is your schedule, right? This is when you fit. And so yeah. every football schedule is like that, right? Where right. then you've got, you know, because we, they tried this in TSEC which is, you know, just the the local enduro series. And that was one of the first things everybody talked about is that rider contracts, you know, even though it's just local Texas dudes, they still have it. Um, And they had, Mm -hmm. they wound up going back um, eventually away from the split season like that for one of that, for that being one of the reasons, but I know that you guys have already mentioned it. And two, I, I, I get where you're at. You're in the beginning of this, try it out, see how it goes. And if it just doesn't work, then you can go from there. And if it does, then you're, (laughs) Then you're good to go.
1: And I'm glad we've had a chance to kind of talk about this because we've been, you know, a ton of questions, you know, from all our friends and and all the guys on that, that keep up with American Hard Enduro, you know, everybody wants to know about this series and we've kind of had to keep it hush-hush, so... Here we go. Hopefully, this will get the conversation going amongst everybody now.
0: Okay, so anybody with an opinion, make sure you go to any of their social channels and DM the shit out of them with all your bad ideas.
2: (laughs) Or or any sponsors out there that would like to be a part of the series. We haven't really started reaching out. We've got a few key sponsors um, that I don't know if we want to talk about yet, but we have a few that are on board. and Brian, one of them you might really like. I'm just gonna say that and leave it there. Mm, liquid, um, liquid courage. Oh, uh, I was thinking. Uh, no, no, nothing that oh, it has two oh. wheels. Oh, okay. But maybe we can work on those. Oh yeah, well, I was like, yeah. it's either that or CBD get a oil, right? Courage sponsor. I'm in.
0: I don't know um, how we don't get more beer CBD. sponsors, but oh yeah, come on, we gotta get the CBD sponsors so we can get Bla- Bla- Blazaria and talk about our sport, bro. Yeah, be yeah. Key. I know, I agree. Really? Okay, so let's talk about a little bit of the technique before you guys have to hit the sack and I have to start thinking about it. So, okay, right. obviously, you, if you guys haven't seen the most recent video that I put out, it's comical. Um, it's very entertaining, if nothing else. Uh, but the thing is, is that for me, I'm kind of, I, I wanted to keep working on technique, right? And one of the things that I learned out there... Is I don't know if you saw how excited I was when I got to the top of Weeks Hill. One, it is a little mm-hmm. bit easier. I'll say that. But two, I think one of the big problems I had in the past is I was not carrying enough speed into the hill, Right. And so, Mm -hmm. and it kind of clicked for me. It's like, well, it's still a hill climb, right? Even though there are places where you need to kind of dab a little and and be a little bit more maneuverable on the bike to place your weight, it's still a hill climb. So one thing is I was going to talk to you guys about is how do you judge different types of hill climbs? And and when you start to go, this is a hill climb where I'm probably going to need more speed versus, you know, using more... Uh, you know, trialsy techniques, which if it's steep, you're still going to need speed, but I know that you would judge those differently on how you might attack that climb.
2: And, and Drew and I probably
1: approach this differently. Um, pretty he, much so. He hits most hill climbs probably twice as fast as I do. Um, and not saying he has more success or less success, but, um, and, and at Rock Crusher this weekend, we probably played on five different hill climbs for a combined three hours. So, and, and literally out of those five hill climbs, we might have had 10 makes total. So, it wasn't like we're having a lot of success, but lots of attempts. <laughs> I love it. Drew's giggle. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, and, and I was trying it every which way and, you know, hitting it slow and trying to accelerate. You know, the one of the hills, for instance, had a 90-degree turn after you run up the first 100 feet of the hill. And you could just slam into that turn, and it killed your momentum. Or you could kind of run up to it slow and then power through the turn and try to build momentum. So, man, every hill is just so different. I don't I don't even know how to answer your question, Brian. Mm.
2: Well, and and a lot of it has to do with obstacles and traction. I mean, if it's a mud hill that's pretty smooth... You know, and you've got a good run in. You can get a lot of speed at the bottom and and carry your momentum up the hill. But if it's one that's rocks everywhere and roots everywhere, you don't want to hit it going fast. You're going to get deflected and sent off course before you ever get going up the hill, right? Um, or get halfway up the hill. Um, so, but weeks, yeah. but weeks hill, yes, speed mm-hmm. is your friend.
1: You want to float those rocks that those couple ledges up at the top. Um, <laughs> and and when I, I saw your video, you look great but it looked dry was it
0: oh yes it, it was the, it, and i will adamantly put out there that that's probably the, that 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 main gully right before the rocks has kind of gotten washed flatter um ah. so it, it's it's uh there's there's a lot less of that you know a left rut and a right rut you know, like there there okay. has been in years past. So this time, if you were to kind of like be on the left side and float a little bit to the right, it wasn't that weird transition you had to make for like going from rut to rut. Like you could kind of just ride it a, a, and coast up. Uh, so, but yeah, I don't know. It just kind of clicked for me. And then it just, it made me think about a lot of other ones. One of the uh, two, towards the end, I had a lot of issues and I, I did not clear this hill. I did clear it with them helping pull me up. But I was like, I want to <laughs> try to go back and and, and hit this proper And it was one where we were kind of, you could, uh, who was it? This is one where James had his phone and then Zach had a helmet camera on, but it was kind of like you came from the right, you take a right hand turn and you only had about, you know, eight feet, maybe just a little bit more than a bike length. And then you kind of had to go over, over and up this slick rock and then you got back to dirt. So that's kind of like where you wanted to get your power back on again to continue the climb, to continue to gain your momentum. And... For whatever reason, when I came back around to try it a bunch of times, I could not get enough momentum in that first eight feet to clear that rock well enough without the either the back tire slipping or just you know not having enough momentum and then kind of falling over before I could ever get back to the dirt. I did it the first time, and I have no idea what I did right. And if you watch, James and Mike clean it uh, pretty well, and Zach did not. Uh, but it, it, it was just really interesting to... Have to kind of try to play with. Okay, I've got this much run in, but that thing is slick, so I don't want to be on the throttle when I'm on that rock. So I got to remember to chop the throttle, but then I got to remember when I feel the rear tire clear the rock, then get back on it. Like you, you know, I, and so maybe overthinking it was part of my problem too. But at the same time, like mm-hmm. it's just crazy the the way you have to read terrain and how fast some people can do that.
2: How much air pressure were you running?
0: Yes. <laughs> well,
1: what what rear tire were you running?
0: We were. I did not have an IBEX. I did. I still was running whatever I had at the Gobbler Getter. So it was uh it was Shugel Sticky. Oh, okay. There's there's one issue. Um, yeah, that, but, that,
2: that's
1: better than a non-sticky.
2: Right. Well, and and one thing, Ryan, to your point about Weeks Hill and momentum, you see a lot of guys hitting stuff too slow and you know you don't want to hit stuff wide open but you can tell when someone's coming into something like oh man they're they're not even you know they'll just roll into it and then get on the throttle a little bit without that big burst at the bottom to get moving um there's one thing I, I think i see quite a bit yeah um but th- like will said it, every hill is so different it's you know so hard to to say
0: right I thought it was crazy too, like if you go, like the, the the one where I flipped the bike, and it almost did a back a full backflip, um, so that's Joe's hill apparently, and that's right down at the, at the start of TKO Creek, um, and Zach went up that hill, uh, but you could tell if you watched the video, like he didn't really have a lot of momentum, because he was able to bog his way up, he kind of just treated it like, you know, just a traditional hill climb, but when I tried to do that, I had already gotten my weight so far back, that I wasn't, on the front end <laughs> enough to be able to do that, and I biffed it. And then I, that's when I went back for my second time, and that's when I flipped the bike. And then I was like, you know what? F it. I'm just gonna try what I tried at Weeks Hill, and just come into this thing, and because I was in first gear, kind of like really revving it, and I was like, F it. I'm coming around this right hand turn in second gear, and I'm just gonna give her, and I blazed right up that thing, um, nice. and I and I even took like the the quote unquote rougher path, but. I I guess it's just you could say that I had enough speed. So I don't know. I could say that I had a lot of like, holy crap. Like I think, not that I've been thinking about it wrong, but I think that I have been judging my speed improperly (laughs) when it comes to this kind of stuff and that sometimes that that speed is your friend in those situations and it's not about what you think you see somebody like a Jarvis doing where it looks like they're goat crawling up these things. They really are carrying more momentum than it looks like or potentially are. Any, any, any rough section, if you can, it doesn't even have to be a hill, it can be
1: flat, but you watch the really good riders and, and they've got a ton of speed and they float that bike and they're just, they're almost hitting it like the top of whoops, you know, the little rocks and, and, and the rough stuff. So anytime you can float a bike and just keep the momentum, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a hill or not a hill, that's just a huge advantage. right well and
2: one thing you said brian just then is you were hitting it first and really revving it and and one thing i've kind of noticed watching the pros is you know how like when they're stopped and they're about to get going they're in neutral and you see them click down the first gear or click up a lot of times they're clicking up to second
0: okay and you know that way
2: they've got they've got a lot more range in that gear you know a little more throttle to get moving and then if it'll pull it you've got a lot more before you need to shift and you're not going to rev and spin um, it, it's something gear choice, you know, gear selection, I guess, is another big factor in things.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because then you're in second gear and get up on that hill, you're just going to have a little bit more torque, you know, when you're in the yeah. uh, the lower RPMs of that gear versus, yeah, first gear, you're just pretty much always, gonna <laughs> always going to have uh, have to be in the high RPMs to get it to do anything. Well, interesting. What uh, it- now on y'all's side of learnings, what are have their big, big epiphanies that y'all have had? While kind of being out there and training and being like, man, like, okay, like I'm going to try this for more in the future to see if this is what I think it is and how it's going to make me a better American hard enduro rider.
1: Cool. You just you just got to get out there and, and try it. And when you get stuck, you've got to put weight on the pegs, put weight on the rear, you know, the back of the seat. You got to freaking try to seat bounce it, you know, just there's a million different ways to get the bike to move a foot when you're stuck. Um, you know, eventually you may have to get off and push, but I mean, you just have to experiment and, and really waiting one peg or the other or both you know, is huge, especially, you know, in a technical hill climb where you're, you're kind of doing switchbacks and what we've been talking about. Um, what, what were you going to say, Drew?
2: Well, I I had two different things, and then you said something that made me think about something else. I mean, in my head, I always used to try to do, like, the trials technique where you're standing up and don't put your foot down. And then, you know, <laughs> Will, is, and Will is great at sitting on the seat and just getting traction and not breaking the rear end loose and lugging it. <clears throat> and I don't know how sometimes he doesn't break loose, and I'm just like, man, I, and we rode with another guy. And he's older than us, and, and he's quite the good rider. He, he could do the same thing. And he doesn't stand up that much, but, man, he goes up everything. Huh. Uh, Chug-
1: Chuggalula is a badass.
2: Yeah, Chuggalula is just a, a true badass. But, That's you know, awesome. there, there was a lot of, of what you were saying, Brian. You're just watching other people and, and picking up kind of on their techniques. And, you know, when you do get stuck, a lot of people unweight the rear end, put both their feet on the ground, and push forward, and they're just pushing the front wheel straight into the ground. Right. and they're not weighting the rear end at all and not putting any traction on that rear tire and they're just
0: revving seat bouncing um,
2: yeah got to you know watch what the pros do and kind of try to pick up and emulate them as best you can
0: Right on. Well, I think that's a lot of good, really good information. And you know, if you guys haven't watched that video, definitely go watch it. You can be as mean as me, me to me, as you want in the comments. <laughs> it's fine. I believe me. I'm I'm over it. Like it was a. I still have a bruise from a week and a half ago on my right leg from when I was uh, going directly straight into that tree. That was the one that I posted well, on Facebook. So I was
2: gonna say that that was all I saw. I haven't had a chance to watch the full the full edit, but I wasn't too proud proud of you at that moment when he (laughs) lawn darted straight into the tree
0: dude i had no idea what happened like literally i was just like really and then it happened a second time i was just like what in the fudge is going on here you gotta
1: put a ibex on that thing yeah he must have been tired really
0: tired (sighs) i'm always tired <laughs> it was funny that we got uh we got you know, we probably had a good four and a half, five hours of riding, you know, all that beaten up and everything that you guys saw me doing and I was done. Like I was like, sorry guys, I'm going to the truck. Like it's right there, over that hill, I'm out. Like and they did they went and did a little bit more riding and they were like, I don't know how you're so tired like Buddy, I was picking myself up off the ground two thirds more times than you were. Like that bike and everything. <laughs> like I was like, It's okay. I I had good reason to be tired.
2: (laughs) That means you were, you were working it.
0: I was working it. It was working me, but I was trying to work it. Well, cool. Well, um, let's talk a little bit. Let's just finish it up. Where the heck can people find you guys now that they've made it to the end of this thing? And and what, what do you try to get across to everybody on all your different platforms?
1: Um, check us out on Facebook, uh, do a search for American hard enduro. It's very easy. Um, you know we we post everything from you know if there's an american racing and a enduro cross in germany you know we'll talk about it if you know it's it's a ride we went on over the weekend there might be a picture if you know if the race is coming up we'll talk about we'll talk to promoters we'll talk to um some of the pros that are racing um we'll try to cover the races etc cetera, etc cetera. instagram is usually um that's kind of been Drew's baby lately. He's, he's been taking a lot of cool shots on our rides and posting it up there. Um, and then, um, of course, YouTube, like I said, Blake Terry's handling most of that. But um, we've just gotten the com going. And, and right now, if you go on there, it's only pictures of me because I set that up and um, I just used – uh, images from my computer so hopefully that will uh, change in the very near future uh-huh. no comment, <laughs> <Yeah>. no comment. <laughs> who, who took
0: who took some of those pictures
2: i don't know, I don't know. some really uh, good photographers supplied some but- of those photos <laughs> unfortunately oh. there's a guy a guy in a green shirt in front of that really good photographer the whole time <laughs> away. what a dick what a <laughs> dick now
0: i'm talking about you drew not me no.
2: <laughs> a true professional you are brian dude. we can't we can't bring well,
0: hey, we just need to let this die
2: hey speaking of that yeah uh, you, you weren't at tko this year but speaking of blake terry he was trying to get is either will and i coming off the uh, shippy container on the hot lap and he got out kind of on the course, and they grabbed him and threw him off because he didn't have the proper uh, press pass. Nice. <laughs> so he was out there in front of everybody.
0: I like it. And you know what? I was up there too, and everybody was like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, I got a pass. And they were like, hmm. I just kind of looked at Eric Bernard, and he just shook his head. <laughs> it was like, I was like, you're going to have to remove me. <laughs> right on <laughs> you just got to make it work well cool guys well i obviously really appreciate your time it's cool to see what you guys started uh you know as a as a fictional idea um for this series turned into kind of a, a, a an area to collect like-minded enthusiasts uh for hard hard enduro shenanigans in america that is now even morphed into something bigger and is but is will be will be a potential uh, a series um so congrats on the, on all the fun and hard work because it's definitely paying off thanks
2: man thanks <laughs> Thank you very much.
0: Okay, Drew doesn't care. Drew's already left.
2: I'm here. I said okay. thank you very much.
0: Uh, oh, that wasn't Will? I said thank you. I thank cannot. You, thank you, Brian. Y- y'all's voices yeah, are was, just ridiculous. Mo- most, oh, most people God. think
2: we're the same person anyway, so yeah.
0: that's all right. Yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll just people tell it.
2: me stories like, I met you in Ohio. I was like, no, you didn't. I
0: Negative. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that
2: must have been Will.
0: Nice. Well, cool. Well, everybody go follow these guys. Uh, I hope that you've enjoyed a little bit of this podcast. Obviously, we don't get to do this that much anymore. This life gets in the way. So hopefully, we do a couple more of these. But remember, go find us on the Facebooks. Go find us on the YouTubes and leave comments. Watch the videos. Grab some t-shirts if you'd like to from um, all the different places you could support us. Um, and definitely send thoughts on this. Uh, ways that we could do this better, other things to talk about, and maybe I can find the time to get some more of that stuff out there. But until then, remember to always enjoy A Pintful of Awesome, and we will see you on the Internet.